My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick and to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word as, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and, after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and fault faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows and in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, now it's time to introduce today's guest preacher. This morning, we welcome to the pulpit at the Court Street United Methodist Church, somebody who will be familiar to many of you. Today, we welcome to the pulpit our very own Ryan Walker. Now, Ryan is a Flint native. He first experienced a call to ministry when he was a senior at Flint Northern High School. Ryan has, in the intervening years between then and now, served on the staff of six different churches in four different states. His family came back to Michigan in 2013, and they got connected with Court Street United Methodist Church just before Christmas in 2017. And we are so very grateful to have Ryan and his family here at the Court Street United Methodist Church. We are excited to support him as he begins the process of seeking ordination in the United Methodist Church. And today we are glad to welcome him as he shares the good news of God's love with the people of the Court Street United Methodist Church. Good morning, Court Street Church family. My name is Ryan Walker. My wife, children, and I have been attending Court Street United Methodist now for about three and a half years. And uh, actually just three weeks ago on May 23rd, my wife and I finally took the steps to become official members of the Court Street Church family. So first of all, thank you very much for opening your doors and inviting us in. We greatly appreciate it. A couple months ago, Pastor Jeremy asked me if I might be interested in being part of the summer speaking rotation while he and his family are gone. And I thought, wow, what a great privilege and honor and an opportunity to serve in this capacity. So I jumped at the opportunity, said, yes, let me know when you need me and I'll be available. So as I've been considering what I wanted to bring to you this morning, I started thinking about my own faith journey. And I thought, what better way to introduce myself to my new church family than the, to share a little bit about where I come from, about my own faith journey. And uh, that's how I want to open up my message this morning, just sharing a little bit about myself. I was born and raised right here in Flint, Michigan. 
I come from a strong Christian background. Uh, my grandparents on both sides of my family were very devoted to their respective churches, and my parents followed in their footsteps, becoming strong leaders in the church where I grew up. Now, not only were my parents strong leaders in that church, but my mom was also the nursery the, the director of the nursery school program that was open to the community throughout the week. So I could say that as a three and four year old child, I was in that church building more often than many of the staff and pastors at the church. So I grew up through the children's programs of the church and I was involved in every single way that a, a child can possibly be involved as, a rela- as it relates to church. But as I got into my middle school and high school years, I began to see church in a little bit different light and experience it a little differently than what I did through my earlier childhood years. I began to see uh, the adults in the church talk about how much they love the Bible, talk about how much they love God and how much they love others. They love being involved in the activities of the church. But I noticed that it didn't necessarily translate to relationships outside the walls of the church. And as I began witnessing this within my own church, I started observing it within uh, other Christians that I knew that didn't attend my church. I saw this same trend. They love to talk about the Bible. They love to talk about the love of God, love for others, and they love to be involved in their respective churches. But it didn't seem to really translate to relationships outside of their respective churches. Now, I started reading the Bible when I was about 12, 13 years old after I I received my very first NIV student Bible. Now, not to be confused with the children's Bibles that many churches hand out to children as they're coming up through the programs of the church, but my very own NIV student Bible. And I got involved in a Bible study group within the church youth group program. But what I read and what I studied in my Bible and through my Bible study group just seemed to be so vastly different from what I was witnessing within the body of believers. I read about a Jesus who seemed to love and care for other people regardless of their backgrounds. I read about a Jesus who demanded and commanded his disciples to follow his example of caring for the poor and the needy. I read about a Jesus who defended the sinners. But as I watched and observed as a teen, I saw a different kind of Christianity being lived out from what I was reading and studying. And this caused me to question my faith. It caused me to to wonder if God really was who I was reading and studying about. And it led me to wondering if God was really there. Or if the Bible was some made-up story. And then to top it all off, during my junior year of high school, my church split. My church that I grew up in. This church that I knew, this church that had a thriving youth group, was instantly cut in half. And the split completely decimated the youth group program. 
leaving the youth group program broken and shattered and struggling to simply survive. And to say the least, I wasn't happy. In fact, I was downright angry. And I got to a point where I just did not believe in God anymore. That summer, the summer of 1990, right before my 17th birthday, my youth pastor came over to the house and he invited me to go on a trip to Costa Rica with a, another group from the state of Michigan, another group of teens and, and adults. He saw how much I was hurting and how much I was struggling, and he thought this trip would be good for me. And to say the least, I wasn't thrilled about the concept of going on a missions trip. Like I said, I didn't believe in God, so what was the point in going on this missions trip? But he talked me into it, and I went. So we fly into San Jose, and then we took a bus into this little village called Corazon de Jesus, which is on the northern outskirts of San Jose. Now, the name of the village literally means the heart of Jesus. Now, Costa Rica, as many of you are probably aware, is a very poor country in Central America. Now, Corazon de Jesus is an extremely poor village made up of just a couple hundred residences. Residents. Now these residents live in row houses and on top of these houses is just nothing more than a thin layer, a thin sheet of tin to serve as the roof. The ground dirt served as a floor in most of the residences and most of these residences did not have a septic system. So during the day we helped the, the residences, the residents of Corazon de Jesus fix up their little village. And at mealtime, our host families fed us rice and beans. Now let me tell you, after two weeks of eating rice and beans for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I still to this day struggle with eating rice and beans. Now my last meal with my host family they served me a delicacy that consisted of steamed green beans wrapped in fried eggs. Now, I know that doesn't sound like much of a delicacy to you, but to the residents of this little village, Corazon de Jesus, to be able to, to serve fresh vegetables and eggs is a major deal. And this was an eye-opening experience for me to see what is accessible in terms of food to many residents around the world, many, many citizens around the world, they don't have much more than rice and beans. As a parting gift, many from the team I was with pulled out a t-shirt from their own luggage and gave it to a child, one of, of their host family, with me. Now, the Detroit Pistons were huge at the time as the Bad Boys, and I had this Dennis Rodman's Bad Boys t-shirt. And I love that shirt. I wore it frequently. But I saw how much one of these boys that I stayed with just loved that t-shirt. And I handed him my beloved Dennis Rodman Bad Boys t-shirt. While in Costa Rica, I saw how the Costa Ricans lived. Or at least the residents of Corazon de Jesus. I saw how they lived with and for each other. 
And not only did they live with and for each other, but I saw a love that they extended to each other, that they extended to us Americans, and a love for life in general that I rarely ever saw here in the United States. And that was when I decided that in the United States, we have it all wrong. Christianity, when you really truly think about it, is pretty messed up here in the U.S., and Christianity, even, even in the churches that aren't necessarily prosperity-driven, still teach prosperity to a certain extent. And what I mean by that is that, that here in the U.S., money still drives the churches. The more certain people make, the more likely they are to be leaders within their respective churches. The more people have the more likely they are to be respected by those within their, their respected churches. But on this trip to Costa Rica, I learned that our value as humans is not based on what we have. It's not based on our wealth. It's not based on how much we make. We consider happiness and blessing and freedom here in the U.S. based on what we have. But there's so much deeper than anything this world can afford us. Happiness and blessing and freedom are not constitutional rights or privileges. They have to do with finding yourself in the world in which you live. Figuring out a way to accept that life that you've been given and doing what you can to love and to serve those around you. I found God on this trip to Costa Rica. I found God in a very profound and unexpected way. We love to talk about the love of God, as I mentioned earlier. We love to talk about loving others. We love to talk about the Bible. Yet our love for God and our love for others, if we're really to be honest with, each, with ourselves, it tends to come out in the form of lip service rather than action. But in our scripture this morning, James tells us, his readers, to not just simply listen to the word, but to do what it says. He then goes on to end this portion by saying that religion that God our Father finds as pure and acceptable as this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Now Jesus taught us throughout the four Gospels how to love and to serve others. And he told his disciples in, chap in John chapter 15 that I'm going to teach you a new command and that's this. To love each other as I have loved you. And then he goes on to explain what he means by this in John chapter 15, verse 13, when he says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friend. Now let's consider this for a moment. Let's consider this idea of greater love. Greater love. To lay down one's life for the sake of others. Greater love to serve others, not self. 
greater love, to feed the hungry, to give the thirsty something to drink, to invite the stranger in, to clothe the needy, to, to, uh, to care for the sick, and to visit the prisoner. Greater love, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. Greater love, to extend the arms and the hands of God to the oppressed and depressed. Greater love, to consider those around you as more important than yourself. You see, greater love calls us to live out the corazón de Jesus, or the love of Christ. Greater love calls our hearts to break at the things that break the heart of Christ. Greater love challenges us to follow Christ in the midst of chaos, despair, and hopelessness, and to shine the light and love of Christ into the world and the darkness. Greater love calls us to look outside of our own awareness and to consider the world from another person's point of view. Greater love commands us to be willing to take up our own crosses daily for the sake of others. James chapter 1 verse 22 says, Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. And throughout Jesus' teachings in the four Gospels, and quite frankly, throughout the entire Bible, we are called to love indiscriminately. This is something that the prophets of the Old Testament live by. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love is the most powerful commandment in the Bible, in all of Scripture, and Jesus calls us to love indiscriminately. It doesn't matter what another person looks like. It doesn't matter where another person is from. It doesn't even matter what another person believes. Jesus says that everyone we come across is considered our neighbor in the context of eternity, and He charges us to love. Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Love. Love others regardless of skin tone, regardless of cultural background, regardless of religious beliefs, regardless of gender, regardless of gender identity. We are to love. Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you so much for the love that you have extended to us. And God, we just pray that you give us opportunities to love others in the way that you love us. And to not just simply listen to your word, but to do what it says. Not simply through, through lip service, but through action. We love you and it's in your name we pray. Amen.